Can you explain hot salad to me? I think that's way far back that I don't, I haven't listened to that episode, so I don't get what the deal is with hot salad. Oh, I don't know if I've ever actually listened to the episode where they, like Mitch started coming up with that, but I think it's just a weird thing that he accused Weiger of liking. Like, he's like, yeah, I bet you like hot salad, you fucking freak. And <laughs> Weiger was probably like, look, I am a normal man and I like my salad to be cold. I don't know why you think I like hot salad. And then Mitch just keeps repeating it as if it's fact. Okay. And it's just as simple as that. All right. I don't. I honestly don't think there's a big, big thing. <laughs> okay. Other than the fact that Weiger was like, people think I actually like hot salad now. And he's like, you do. I don't even know what a hot salad is. Is it like that? Uh, it, it doesn't. I, I don't think it exists. <laughs> well, it, have you seen those? Um, oh, what the, people take like a, a head of romaine lettuce or something. Oh, and then, and then they, they put on it? a grill and then they just like just like squirt like a like a, like you would catch up on a hot dog. Just some Caesar dressing. I, on it. Yeah. So I when I was in Hawaii um, with my parents, like six years ago. I was, I was like, veget- wait a minute. <laughs> this I, was not, this couldn't have been recently. No, no, no. This, I lived with you though. Yeah, that's true. That's why I was thinking like, wait a minute. That was the last time uh, I remember that happening. But I, I was a vegetarian at the time, which meant that, that was the worst part about being a vegetarian, I think, was that traveling, it's way more limiting. Like now I would be like, yeah, give me all that fish stuff. Like, let me eat it all. But at the time I was like, no, just I'll have salad. And I remember going to like a fancy restaurant with my family and one of the only vegetarian options, which honestly might not have even been vegetarian because sometimes Caesar salads have like fish product in them. But I ordered a Caesar salad and it was two leaves of romaine lettuce. Wait, just just the leaf? Well, two leaves. Yeah, like not cut up or anything like on a plate on like a square plate, like drizzled, just like you were saying. And it was like. God, fifteen dollars, fifteen dollars, something ridiculous like that, and it was not filling. And I was, I wasn't mad because I was being taken out to dinner by my family. I was like very like thankful that somebody was buying me food because I did not have any money at that point in my life. Uh, but also, I was like, why does this restaurant only have this? Says there one vegetarian option. Oh my God, fifteen dollars for two? Can you imagine paying fifteen dollars for just like? two watery leaves at like a plant store. God, that'd be insane. No, you can buy a lot of heads of lettuce for $15. That's true. I don't like lettuce. Really? Not well, my, well, well, it's not you, my preferred green. What, what if you're making a salad, what do you put on it? Or what do you use? As I don't think I've ever made salad. a salad. What? I don't like, I don't know. I don't like, it's not, my, I don't prefer eating salad. So why would I go out of my way to make one? I'll eat one if it's made for me. Okay, well, what do you prefer then? And if somebody, I like made spinach as a base. Spinach is spinach number is one. good. I like arugula. That's a good base. I think arugula is too bitter. I'll eat it, but it's oh, I, too I like I like the bitterness. Mm. I much prefer spinach. I'm with you on the spinach. Spinach is good, but I don't know. Like if I, you, you remember, you know those uh, those iceberg lettuce salads that you get out of a bag that you would always get at uh, like an elementary school. Yeah. Or at the Boy Scout chili feed. And you smother that shit in ranch. Yep. I hate that. I know that it's not actually really good for you in any way, but I do like it. Oh, it's I can't eat it without like it like without it being in a pool of ranch. 
I cannot eat it. It's just, it's ugh. Yeah, it's it's like somebody was like somebody figured out what a salad was and then decided to take out every nutritional benefit. <laughs> but it, it's got a good texture. I love that crunch of iceberg lettuce. The crunch, it's I will satisfying. agree, it is a good crunch. But I can't deal with the immediate following of like dirt water taste in my mouth. Were you cleaning off this lettuce? No. Or are you just pulling it straight out of the ground? Pulling it straight out of the ground. Okay, you gotta wash. Throwing some stuff. hidden valley on that thing and then just chomping down. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta wash that shit. All right. Well, are we recording? I'll wash it next time because this is good stuff. It is good stuff. Salad talk. I feel like we we talk a lot about food on this podcast, which I'm fine with. I think Food's, it's normally because I'm so hungry. Food's relatable. Everyone, everyone eats. Everybody eats. Everybody poops. That's true. Did that guy uh, write a book called Everybody Eats? Compliment Everybody Poops as a prequel? He should have. He really should. Or she. Or they. Yeah. I don't know who wrote that book. Let's find out. Um, Josh, it is a Japanese children's book. Did you know that? What? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to let you say the name so that I do not embarrass myself. Sure. It is. Here, let me hand you my computer instead of ah. doing something much easier. See, it is written by... Taro Gomi. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know. Wait, as in like it was published in Japan or it was just written by a Japanese person? Uh, okay, maybe I should do some investigating. Okay. Everybody Poops is the title of U.S. editions of the English translation of Mina Unchi? 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 U-N-C-H-I. Yeah, that means poop. Unko means poop. Okay, so yeah, Mina a Japanese every- children's book. Minna um, means everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's everybody poops. Wow. I didn't know it was Japanese. Yeah. So it's just a translation. Uh, yeah. Wonderful. In Britain, the book is titled Everybody Poos. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. That that's, is... some, that's some hard localization right there. Mm-hmm. We did make a poop cast joke, I think, in like the first episode. Oh, yeah. We started talking about poop. I think we talked a lot about poop. This is the poop cast. Poopcast. Poopcast. With uh, your number two guys, <laughs> Josh and Paul. We're sitting here in a couple of toilets. Josh's bathroom. While we poop. Yeah. Got a very nice sound treated bathroom. Not <laughs> echoey at all. Uh uh-uh. uh. It would be. F- Do you think anybody's thought of doing that like a, a podcast recorded? Somebody has to have thought of this. Reco- recorded while two people are going to the bathroom. Like a poop, like pooping, like in the same bathroom, or like do you, uh, by same bathroom I mean like, well I don't know I, I are you imagining like a public bathroom where there's stalls or are you imagining like a home bathroom? Well, it'd have to be a public bathroom, I guess, unless so. you have two toilets. Well, I, I was thinking like someone's in like the upstairs bathroom pooping, someone's in the downstairs bathroom pooping, and then oh. I don't know they record a phone call <laughs> or something. That that would be a better way to do it, I think. I mean, that's just a way to like do it so you socially distant. Have to like actually be in the room while somebody else is taking a big shit. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think maybe nobody has done it. Maybe it's not a good idea. Well, it's not a good idea. Did you did you see that uh, that video on Reddit of like these kids fighting in like a like it's like a high school bathroom or whatever, and they're like getting into like a fist fight, and then they end up like. 
crashing into one of the stall doors and then there's just another kid on the toilet just like <laughs> just like in the most awkward and uncomfortable just like in the middle of a poop and then all of a sudden there's like these two kids that just barge in fighting and then like five other kids watching wow and then there's just this kid that's just like ah <laughs> feel I, bad for the kid but I it is too. a hilarious story when he's old enough as long as that doesn't fuck him up too much yeah i mean did he try to close it afterwards uh no and partly because he was in the the far stall like the handicap stall mm -hmm. so so there's room for them to keep fighting there's room for them to keep fighting and he is too far away from the door to do <laughs> anything about it <laughs> that's a really man that would suck if that happened to you that would be terrible if that well i mean that poop went right back in him or right back out of him that that's Not back true. out right out of him one or the other. I'd like to think that if I was in that situation now as a 27 year old, I would have none of that. And what would you do? Uh, Wait, let's take it. Let's take it back. OK, Josh. Yeah, you're pooping. I'm pooping. Handicap stall. Mm -hmm. End of the day. You've had. a. Well, hard... let's make this. Let's make this. It, 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 would, it would be the beginning of the day for me, because when I was working uh, my old job, uh, I would have to get there at 6 a.m. Oh, yeah. And yeah, like yeah. clockwork. 7 a.m. rolls around. I got to poop. Okay, good for you. You're regular. I'm very, very regular. Okay. At least when I was working there, I was like 7 a.m. on the dot. Time to go. Cool. Uh, and of course, there's no one there at 7 a.m. in this bank building. Except for these kids who are fighting. Except for these kids who are fighting. So I'm just like hanging out, taking my time, not thinking about work, scrolling through Reddit. And then, and then walk me through it, Paul. Okay. Well, weird beginning. You're watching that same video on Reddit. Oh thinking to yourself. Oh, my God. What am I going to do about this if somebody did that to me? Next thing you know, three seconds later, bam, the door opens. These kids are fighting. They're throwing punches. They're wailing on each other. There's like six other kids watching the fight, egging them on, and they start barreling towards your stall. You feel it in your gut that they're going to they're gonna be there soon. And then they charge through the door uh, somehow for some reason. <laughs> and there you are pants around well i don't know what your pooping style is you go pants all the way down or like partially pulled down uh it's somewhere in between depends okay. on the pants that i'm wearing sure in this case i'd be wearing sweatpants just because i could wear sweatpants at work at that job so they would probably i don't know they'd probably be all the way down okay all the way down what do you do uh well probably let out uh, an expletive <laughs> which one probably fuck you like, say fuck? what the fuck? I feel like I would say shit. I wouldn't, because that 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 assumes that like I'm in trouble or something. I don't know. That to me that doesn't contextually feel right. I would probably just say like what the fuck? That's probably what I would I would say. Um and if it were to continue as it was in that video where they they seem to not pay they seem to not notice me. Mm -hmm. That was happening in that video. These two kids just kept fighting, like had their like arms and like heads locked together not even noticing that there's someone like on the toilet uh if that happened to me i i would probably uh i don't know get up and rub my poop on them or something <laughs> you'd get up and rub your poop on them yeah that is a wild reaction i thought you were that's gonna, a like, wild thing to happen well it is but i thought you were gonna say like you would tell them to get the hell out of there or something no at that point i feel like it's it's too far it's too far in it's it's gone from like zero to 100 instantly 
because they just barged in while I'm in the middle of my morning poop. Wait, so you're going to bend over, pick up your own poop, and rub it on them? Yeah, why not? You can wash your hands. They can't wash their clothes right away. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that is just not at all the direction I thought you were going to go with that. Uh, If they're going to make this uncomfortable for me, I'm going to make it uncomfortable for them. I think it'd be uncomfortable if you just stood up with like your wiener out. I mean, yeah, I would do that afterwards. Or maybe I would join the fight. (laughs) I would take off all my clothes and then join in on the fight. I did hear about, I feel like I read or like heard like a tip from somebody where like, if you are about to like get in a fight, just start like taking your clothes off. And usually that's enough to make the other person back down. Yeah, I I would believe that. Yeah, I would believe that uh, 100%. Yeah. I also remember there's this like uh, Stephen Fry joke. I think it's Stephen Fry where... He's like, the best way to deal with bullying is to simply tell them when they start to bully you, say, stop that, stop that. You mustn't do that. You're giving me an erection <laughs> or something. I feel like that's I, I would I would want to make it a bit more crass. Sure. Well, you're not a, a British man. That's true. Uh, sometimes the British can be more crass. Like the band Crass. I don't know. I'm unfamiliar. They're a punk band. I don't oh. remember. I think they are British. All right. I'll take it all yours wow well that's our episode of poopcast everybody thanks for listening Ooh, we should do a flushing toilet sound at the end of that Ooh, i don't have one loaded so maybe i'll uh hush i'll throw one in (laughs) wow yeah that's some nice foley thank you you can just call me dave foley hi dave hi well i voiced flake in a bug's life Oh, that's true, didn't didn't he? Mm-hmm. He did, didn't he? Yeah. Hmm. Well, Paul, we're here with another episode. It's okay. Nostalgia Entertainment System. Wow. Can you believe it? What are we at? Four now? We're at four. Is this four or five? This is four. Okay. Talking about Star Wars video games. Wow. Not board games. Not not mind games. And not another type of game. Not game meat. Nope. We're talking video games. Los video juegos, as our friends in... Spain and Mexico and South America would say, and Central America. Spanish speaking regions of the world. Yes, exactly. El video juego. Los video juegos. Wow. But yeah, we're, uh, so I did some research into this and I want to talk mostly about like Lucasfilm games, kind of how it started um, and how it turned into LucasArts and then where it kind of, when I really stopped paying attention to what games were coming out for Star Wars. So these are games that probably came out in like the late 90s to the 2010s, just about. Uh, yeah, that, that sounds about when I would like be playing those games. Yeah. So sorry if you're like in your 40s, maybe th- late 30s and you played like some of those early NES games. I don't really know much about those. I've played them a little bit, but... This is a 2000s podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, let's just dive right in. Shall we? Well, actually, before we dive in, I want to kind of get a feel for like. Is this too soon? 
No, I don't I'm think going so. Too soon. I've never done the researchy part. That's fine. I can I can kind of like coach me. Yeah. Um. So I guess b- before we dive in and before we like kind of cut to a break and then really get into it, um, you had mentioned earlier that you're 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 kind of a Star Wars fan. Yeah. You like you like the property. Um. How? Because I I I like I like tangentially like it i've never really been like super into it i i enjoy it i'll i'll watch the movies when they come out uh i enjoyed the mandalorian i'll play i'll play most or not, i'll play some of the games if it's like a genre that i like mm-hmm. um all, all this to say that i am fairly unfamiliar with not only like like canon stuff but a lot of expanded universe i am very unfamiliar with mm. and a lot of the games cover expanded universe i'm pretty much all all the games i don't know that's probably untrue but a lot of uh a lot of games that people like that we'll probably talk about um cover expanded universe stuff what's your familiarity with outside of the movies so i let's see uh when i was a nerdy young middle schooler i kind of really got into i got really into star wars like i really liked the original trilogy as a kid when those were the only ones that were out. Um, I used to watch them all the time. So I don't really, I don't really have a memory of the first time that I even like watched those star Wars movies just cause I like watched them from like when I was a baby until, you know, I could start forming memories. Uh, but then once the prequel trilogy started to come out, um, I, I did not see Phantom Menace in theaters, but I did see attack of the clones and, uh, Revenge of the Sith in theaters and like that's what really like kicked me off into being like a super Star Wars nerd like at the time so I was like reading the books I read uh, a few of the now legends because now the expanded universe is legends according to Star Wars canon. oh that's right because they uncanonized most of it yeah which um, I've got a good uh I want to I want to share my take on this because I've never had a platform before for this take. You want to uh, do it now? I want to do it now. I'm going to interrupt myself for this. Take. What was uh, what was uh, what was your uh, what was your thing? It's a snap judgment, but this isn't really a snap. I, judgment. Always, I always think it's hot takes. No, but I'd love to do hot takes more than this. But uh, I've got I've got plenty of snap judgments as well. Um, I've got a good one here later. But no, this is just my own personal take. Uh, regarding legends and canon and stuff like that. So when Disney bought Star Wars, since they were going to make the sequel trilogy, they decided that all of the expanded universe stuff was now legends, meaning that it didn't really happen. And a lot of people were mad about that because they were like, no, that's actually what happened. Like Luke falls in love with this lady and they, who's a Sith, and then he turns her and then they fall in love. But it's just like weird, weird stuff. And what I don't understand is by making all the stuff legends instead of canon, you don't really lose anything because people, I think, get hung up on the fact of like what actually happened, like canonically in Star Wars. But just because you say like the expanded universe is legends now and no longer canon, it doesn't erase all of those books you can still easily find those books and read them and enjoy the stories in them. It's not erasing all of that stuff. It just means that it didn't quote unquote happen, which 
none of it happened at all. <laughs> it's totally fictional universe. So I don't get what people are so fucking annoying about like things being legend or canon and being because salty. That's, that's the their whole identity, trilogy. Paul. They spent so much of their life researching and learning about a property they do not own or have any control over. And all of a sudden it's changed. Well, it's not even changed. There's just more of it. It did change for them. The only thing that changed is like what quote unquote happened in this fictional world. And it doesn't really matter. And the stories that you like, you can keep reading those all you want. You don't have to watch, you know, the new trilogy. If you don't like them, you can just keep reading those. Yeah. Uh, the, what do they call it? Like the Thrawn trilogy or something. Yeah. Cause they, the, the, the Disney just like selectively like that's good. We're keeping Thrawn. Yeah, because there's so okay. I'll get back into my knowledge of the Legends expanded universe stuff now. So I, when I was in, when I was in like sixth grade, that's kind of when I started to read these books. So I started off reading some of these books, um, like the Tales from. Um, so that was just like it was little like short stories where you would follow a character who's on screen for like thirty seconds in a movie. Um, it would just follow one of those characters. So there was like, for example, the first one I read, I think was tales from Jabba's palace. So one of those short stories was about, you know, the, in, when Luke kills the rancor in return of the Jedi and that one guy with like, he's got like a Brown like hood on and he's like really fat, not really fat. He's just kind of fat. And he like, pushes his way to go see the Raincore and he looks very sad that the Raincore is dead. Mm, no, I don't remember this. Okay, well, he's in the movie for about 30 seconds. There's a whole like little short story about him and how he wants, like his whole thing is that he didn't like that Jabba was keeping the Raincore in like a cage. He knew they needed to like run free. So he was like the Raincore's like caretaker and he would like feed him and stuff like that. And he had actually gone to meet with a rival of Jabba the Hutt and made a plan to get the Raincore off the planet safely and stuff like that. And that was all going to happen the day after Luke got put into the pit. So Luke killed the Raincore. And then this guy is really sad because he was about to save the Raincore's life. Um, and there's a few other, there's like one about the droid in Jabba's palace who like likes to torture other droids there's one about uh, the Twilight lady who dances and gets fed to the Rancor. Um, just all of those characters who have like 30 to 40 seconds, maybe one line of dialogue. Um, you can find there like all about them in the Tales from Jabba's Palace. Um, and then there's other ones. There's Tales from Mos Eisley Cantina, which covers characters from like A New Hope that you see in the Cantina for like three seconds. Um, there's Tales of the Bounty Hunters, which gives you a little short story about each of the bounty hunters you see in Empire Strikes Back. And all those honestly are like pretty interesting. And I think they're good in part because a lot of the characters that they write about don't really have much depth or there wasn't much known about them. So it's easy to write a short story without really conflicting with anything or like doing something that would be maybe out of character for them, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I think because wasn't wasn't that like like pre Disney wasn't right. wasn't their thing was just like it's got to be at least 4000 years before the movies or something or like something like that just like then they get free reign and whatever they write about won't affect whatever stuff they actually make 
Well, Isn't that like their rule or something? Uh, I'm actually not familiar with that rule. I don't know what I, I, I don't doubt it, but I think I think I was it was either on a podcast or something that I read. But I think that was just like the rule of thumb for anyone that wanted to like this is pre Disney, like wanted to write a comic or write a book or, you know, pitch a video game or something that wasn't explicitly about the main trilogy or the, the prequel trilogy or whatever. Um, I think the rule was it has to be set a certain number of years like prior Hmm. um because that way you can write whatever the hell you want and like more than more than likely it it just gave it just gives like everyone creative freedom to do what they want and not have to worry about like well this person talks to luke but then luke in the movies does this thing that contradicts what was just written and 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 i guess i don't know some something like that sure there's just like a rule of thumb that like writers or whatever just had to like follow but i don't someone probably knows more about it than i do but i think that's i think that's generally what it was well so i've heard of a different rule for like expanding universe writing um and that was that george lucas was generally fine with most things um happening even like just right after the movies like which i guess it's probably like i'm guessing part of the rule too is probably like after return of the jedi pretty much anything can happen because there's no more movies and he wasn't planning on making any more movies, you know? Mm, yeah. I think but, it might maybe like X number of years before X number of years after yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. But the, the one rule I had heard regarding expanded universe is that like, you could not, you could write about star Wars and get it like sanctioned. Uh, but you could not kill off any of the main characters, like the main three or four, like you couldn't kill off Luke, Leia or Han. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Because there is an expanded universe novel where Chewbacca dies. He gets oh. crushed by, uh, I don't remember if it's a planet or a moon, but these two planets are Whoa. colliding and he's trying to like evacuate the planet and he gets crushed by a planet. Wow. Which is a hell of a way to go. Dang. Yeah. That's but, pretty uh, cool. I think there was, I want to say there was some pushback about that. Like people were really mad that Chewbacca died, which it would be a bummer. I wouldn't be happy about that. But I kind of like skipped around with a lot of those books after that. Like I read, there's this one called Dark Saber, where basically this hut, not Jabba the Hut, a different hut, helps build a Death Star-like weapon. But instead of it being a space station, it's like pretty much just the laser up in space. It's not very good. Was it Was it mostly like the, the books that you kind of like dabbled in? Did you like read any comics? Did you... Uh, I don't know I, what other expanded universe media there would be, but yeah. So there's comics and books and then there's video games, which of course we'll talk about. Um, and I, I read, so that was about as far as my expanded universe um, post original trilogy was, but I did also read some in between like clone Wars style novels in between attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith as well. There's like one called like labyrinth of evil uh, which is mostly about Anakin and Obi-Wan and Grievous, I think. Um, and it's basically a prequel, like right before Revenge of the Sith happens. Like the last few pages are like that battle that takes place above Coruscant. Oh, at like at the very beginning of the movie? Yeah, um, which was good. And then that actually also feeds directly into the Revenge of the Sith novelization, which is kind of cool because it gives you like not only like all the actions and stuff that happen, but it takes you inside every character's mind as to what they're thinking oh which is kind of an interesting perspective um to get from that but i i think i'm sure that the revenge of the sith novel is still canon but i don't think labyrinth of evil is canon due to like clone wars and stuff like that 
I've always been curious about novelization because I would like whenever I'd go to Barnes and Noble and then they like have a display out and then I'd see like the original trilogy in book form. Mm -hmm. I just can't help but think like, but they're already a movie. Like, why would I want to read the movie? Because I, I guess I also didn't consider that the the author would have been given some liberty as to like add things. Because mm. my thought was like, well, it's just going to be reading the movie. So why would I want to do that if it's not going to be any different? Yeah, I think part of it must have been like when it first came out, like you could have you could watch the movie, but then like nobody had like a home video player. So next best thing is to get the book. So you can read the book again instead of watching the movie. When did wait when they did, so they they did novelizations for the movies like right after the movies were coming out. Oh, I thought these were like a recent thing. No, no, no. They they've done that since the very beginning. Oh, damn. since like the seventies. Okay, yeah. Uh, and there's actually a sequel to A New Hope called um, Splinter of the Mind's Eye. I think that is. It was like done with permission by George Lucas or from with permission from George Lucas by an author. I don't remember the author's name, but it, it's like, it takes place on like this weird evil planet and Luke and Leia like go to investigate and like Darth Vader finds them there. And it's, it's like totally not, it's not Canon because it's not actually what happens. The actual sequel is empire strikes back, but in it, it's really weird. I have it and I've only read the first like 50 pages. Cause it's really weird knowing mm. what else happens. Like, Luke is very horny for Leia in this one. Oh, oh my. He like thinks a lot about her like quivering voice and like her like beautiful face and like nice body. He's it's just it makes it very weird to think like, oh, that's your sister. Not yeah. that it's there's already not tons of weird stuff like that in Star Wars already. And that that is a thing too, where with for all the rules and stuff that George Lucas had for what people could write about Star Wars so it doesn't conflict. He did not follow any rules with his own movies because they're <laughs> all over the place yeah, in so his, many ways. They're his movies. and it, Yeah. And I'm sure we'll have an episode about the prequels or something. But what I don't understand is so he made the original trilogy and then he made the prequels after that. There are so many things in the prequels that he could have done differently I don't know. I don't have a specific thing, but like <laughs> he could have just done things better because the original trilogy was there and he could have done things to make it more, make more sense. He didn't have to contradict himself is what I'm saying. It's not, it's like if he had just watched the movies and then written the prequels, it would have been a lot better. He doesn't need to watch them. They're all up in his head. Yeah. And he did not remember them well, apparently. And the only like, that's probably very rambly. I'm sure that there are going to be lots of angry Star Wars nerds who are going to tell me how wrong I was about any of that stuff, which I haven't read it in years. So I was probably wrong with a lot of it, but I stand by every word I said. As you should. Yeah. The only like book that I ever read and I didn't even finish reading it because I don't know, I was I was probably too young to like start reading a book like this, but uh, it was a book about Darth Maul. I don't remember the name of the book. I just I just remember like seeing it at the bookstore and thinking like, yeah, Darth Maul is cool. I want to like know more about him. He is cool. He's cool as hell. Yeah. So I got the book and I didn't really notice this until maybe like 50 pages in. I I guess I'll preface this with I'm I'm not a big reader. I don't particularly like reading. And I think it's mostly because I can't find books that I have like 
an interest in like the subject matter is never like interesting enough for me to be like, yeah, I'm going to play a book instead of, or like read a book instead of play a video game, you know, um, not my preferred method of entertainment. Sure. So being unfamiliar, like this is how unfamiliar I was with books where I bought this, I bought this Darth Maul book and it's paperback. And I thought that it was just normal for some books to have like the first 50, 70 pages just be like a little thinner and not thinner as in like page, like, like the physical page thickness. I'm talking about like length and width. If, if you have a book that's like five inches wide or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was normal for the first 50 pages to be like 4.8 inches wide, just a little bit thinner. Wait. Oh, that's weird. Like it was just like a poorly I th- designed. I book? think this was just a fucked up copy of this book. <laughs> Because I would start reading it and like some of the words would just be like I would go for I would reach the end of the page and then like continue on and it would just jump. Oh, so you were missing like two or three words. I was missing sentence. words, but I didn't realize I was. I remember thinking like, am I just too dumb <laughs> to understand what this book is trying to tell me? And I kept bouncing back and forth between like, I'm just not old enough to read this book. And <laughs> this is definitely missing a word. But it was like that for like two chapters wow. and i would just like read them like this doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> and that that just at the beginning just put me off towards reading this book yeah i i i think i i think that book is still at my parents house maybe i grabbed it and it's somewhere here now i would love to see um, just how fucked up this book was. yeah it was it was just so strange and i don't know i i, I just thought that was just a normal thing like oh yeah the first part of some books is just like you have smaller pages <laughs> for whatever reason uh, kid logic and, is funny like that. yeah and that's just normal um but once i got past that part it eventually did start to get to the point of like i don't know what's going on anymore and i think that i all throughout school i think i had trouble with reading comprehension mm-hmm. and it's getting so much more noticeable now especially when i do try to read a book and i'll have to read the same paragraph seven times to like process like what I just read that that does happen to me sometimes too. I, what I found really helps me now for this book that I've reading on and off for the past like three years, um, is I have that on audiobook mm. and I'll listen to the audiobook and read along with the physical book. I found oh, that that helps me. That's a good idea. Like understand and like be more like engaged in, in what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, maybe I should try to return to that book and try and understand what's going on. But the Darth Maul book? The Darth or? Maul book, yeah. Because I just thought, like, man, I want to know more about Darth Maul because he's real cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this book that is written for people that are like our age now. And instead, I I got a fucked up copy and I never I could never read it. Is it called Darth Maul Shadow Hunter? It is Shadow Hunter. Uh, I'm pretty sure. That looks that looks familiar. Darth Maul is really cool. He is cool. And I it Bums me out to think that they came up with a really cool villain in the Phantom Menace and then they kill him immediately. She could have been there for a long, longer time. Could yeah, have been there for but they, they do. Three. They do bring him back. Well, they do eventually in Clone Wars. And he's and he comes back cooler. He does. But I mean, it, it's kind of limiting to have him, I think, in the cartoons. That is that is true. It does. It does I mean, Maul a disservice. Yeah, there there are plenty of episodes in that that are good but there's also plenty of episodes in that that are absolutely terrible. 
So, and it is, when it boils down to it, it is a children's show. And I know that Star Wars is also movies for children, essentially for like 12 year olds. But there, I feel like there's just something about like the villains in Star Wars that really, they can really thrive on screen in a movie much more so than they can in a cartoon. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. And I mean, it might be different if it was like, I don't know, maybe not CGI or something, or if it wasn't necessarily a kid's cartoon, but the fact that it is, and it was, was a little bit of a damper. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Well, I guess on that note, you want to take a little break and then come back with uh, some video game talk? Yeah. Let's do it. You know the heroes, you know the villains, but did you know thousands are playing the revolutionary Star Wars Galaxies online game? Now you can join the action. Create your own character from one of ten species. Choose a profession, take challenging missions, and even advance to the level of Jedi. Join thousands online 24-7 in the exciting, easy-to-play Star Wars experience that changes based on the way you play. Where the movies left off, your journey begins. Star Wars Galaxy Starter Kit, rated T for Teen. You've always wanted the powers of a Jedi. On May 5th, you'll get them. All the powers of the Force are yours as you battle your way through the ultimate Jedi action experience. Star Wars Episode 3, the video game. Before you see the movie, live it. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that little break. Yeah. I sure did. Hope you went to the bathroom, got a foot rub. Whatever it is you need to do to keep listening to this show. Yeah. Please keep listening. Psych yourself up, dive on in, and just do it already. Uh, all right. So we got Star Wars video games. So uh, I just want to focus on Lucas Arts here mostly, which was for for the time period we were mostly talking about. That was what the hell or produced most of these Star Wars games. So it was originally founded in 1982 as Lucasfilm Games by George Lucas. Um, cause he was trying to find other entertainment venues, um, besides the movies, uh, to expand star Wars into. And so video games was kind of an avenue for that, which if you listen to our episode on humongous entertainment, we did mention Lucas, I guess, Lucas, what is it? Lucas games, Lucasfilm games, Lucasfilm games, uh, or ever like what that, or I guess, Lu- I, yeah, it, it changed a couple like Lucas of arts at, this, at some point, but we mentioned this company cause some alumni from this company ended up moving on to to make Humongous Entertainment. So if you want to know a little bit more about, I guess, that offshoot, listen to episode two. But here we are now listening to listening to Paul tell us about Lucasfilm Games. Yeah. So even though Lucasfilm Games was like started um, for. Well, I guess that's not necessarily true. I was going to say in my in my mind, I always think of Lucasfilm or LucasArts as producing solely Star Wars, but. The first few games that Lucasfilm Games produced were not Star Wars games. Uh, There were games produced for the Star Wars movies, like Super Star Wars, stuff like that. Um, But that was actually, I think it was Atari that did those games, I want to say. Yeah, so Lucasfilm Games did not develop the first Star Wars video games. Their first released games were games called Ball Blazer, and Rescue on Fractalus. Oh. Fast forward a couple of years, and Lucasfilm Games produced their first um, game based on a movie. Not Star Wars, though. It was Labyrinth. Labyrinth, the video game. Yeah, is that the uh, David Bowie? 
Yeah, yeah. Like okay. the Ooh. Yeah, it was with so it's got David Bowie as the Goblin King and um other Jim Henson creatures um doing stuff. So Lucasfilm originally made Lucasfilm games originally made those. Um and then finally in the 90s uh, the first Star Wars games started coming out. Um, the first one. So this is like, wow, it took that long. Yeah. It was like 10 years after return of the Jedi came out. They started making Star Wars video games. Cause I guess somebody was probably like, Hey, uh, we should probably do this. I but, guess, um, I guess when you think about it, it wasn't really that far off. Cause like, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking specifically of like the NES when that would have gotten like popular. And when like home home gaming would have gotten popular would have been like, mid to early 80s mm-hmm. so that's not that far off let's less less than 10 years until we start getting some some star wars games so i guess that makes sense yeah uh, and so in 1990 the company officially changed its name to lucas arts uh, which is what i'll refer to it as from now on um so lucas arts first star wars game that it produced was a game called x-wing which was s- successful and it spawned many more. So there's definitely a lot of X-Wing, like fighter pilot type games, uh, which incorporate, you know, mostly flying in an X-Wing or some other spacecraft. And then also some like first person shooter style levels. Um, so there is a series which I was really into as a kid, the Rebel Assault series of games, which followed. This is really interesting, I think. So. In an expanded universe, you know, you've still got like the main cast of characters. You've got Han, Luke, and Leia, stuff like that. In the Rebel Assault series, um, you follow a character named Rookie One, who is who you're playing as. And so Rookie One does all of the things that Luke Skywalker does instead of him. So it's basically like if Star Wars didn't have Luke Skywalker, it just had this guy whose nickname is Rookie One, and nobody ever bothers to ask him what his actual (laughs) first name is. Um, so he does things like he blows up the first Death Star and stuff like stuff like that, which I think is really interesting. And then there is a second um, game, Rebel Assault 2, where you also play as Rookie 1, which I think it's funny that he's a rookie still, even though he blew up the Death Star. Just a thing. Uh, take yeah. Huh. Childhood. What? Uh, wait, what what system was this for? Did you did you say that? Oh, no. So this was a I know for sure it was for. I think it was mostly a computer game, as a lot of these were. I think oh, they okay. did like release. Windows. Yeah. Or, okay. So it was uh, made by LucasArts for. Uh, okay, so Apple, Sega CD, and 3DO interactive multiplayer systems. Wow, 3DO. As, yeah, as well as um, for Windows. Um, but yeah, so that was um, probably my first foray into Star Wars video games myself. Yeah, there was a whole line of storyline or a whole line of like video games and also books kind of from this era um, about like Rogue Squadron and other like rebel um, like fighter pilots and just like the groups or the characters involved like Wedge and Tilly's from A New Hope and from Return of the Jedi and a few other characters, uh, which is kind of a cool time to explore that. Uh, But that stuff is also all legends now, I believe. Were there any games that were considered canon? Do you know? I don't know. Hmm. I don't. Um, at least not for, I think maybe at one point before Disney bought them, there was some stuff in Battlefront 2 that was Legends or that was canon. And then it's not now. Didn't, I think that that newest one that came out, I think that's canon. I actually have no idea. The Rogue Squadron? 
Is that what that's called? No, it's the or Battlefront Two. No, the like newest single oh, player Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, I've never played that one, so I don't know. Oh, I've heard good things about it. Yeah, you can play it on your Xbox. Maybe I will. So this was also around the same time that they got their like infamous gold guy logo. Infamous. Um, I think it's infamous. Is it not infamous? I in my mind, it's it's like tied. It's like right up there with me in the LucasArts logo. You know, it's the uh, purple angle and then the gold guy is standing there holding up like the LucasArts sign. It's at the beginning of every Star Wars. Yeah, it looks like an eyeball. Sort of. Like the guy's head is like the pupil and then he's holding up a thing that looks like. Yeah, with the thing that says. Yeah. Or that says, but it's got like the lines there. Yeah, like it looks like eyelashes. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a sun. Yeah, no, I, I guess I don't know what it is either, but I just have never thought about it looking like an eyeball. Uh, but yeah, so in most of those games, like the the logo will do something different. Like sometimes in one game I had um, Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds, which is like a um, real time strategy game. There's a battle droid that pushes him over and then he shoots at the screen. Whoa. Yeah. Um, I've and, never seen anything happen with like the guy. Oh, well, there's like in Pod Racer, I think that like Pod Racers like race by and he like drops his eyelashes or whatever you want to call them. Wow. There's all sorts of stuff that happens in in many of them. I feel like I've only ever seen like a weird light effect where it just like shines from behind it and then you see like rays come out and then that's like the only thing I've ever seen with uh with that logo. Huh. I've never seen like any animations with the guy. Interesting. Yeah, there's it's not there's that I can lot. think of. Huh. I bet you Interesting. Could, I bet there's a YouTube compilation if you wanted to look it up. That's true. There probably is one out there. Mm-hmm. Um so fast forward a little bit to the early 2000s. This is when Star Wars started making or LucasArts started making some of the most popular and enduring Star Wars games. Um, so this was the time when they built or when they used when they made <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic, the first one. And also they began to develop Battlefront, like the original Star Wars Battlefront. Did you uh, did you play any more of Knights of the Old Republic? No, not yet. Oh, <laughs> I have not been very motivated to. That makes sense. Yeah. I played a little bit uh, last week in preparation for this Mm -hmm. just to like kind of, I don't know, jog my memory a little bit more, kind of maybe get me in like, you know, the the headspace. I I intended to like play a whole lot more and try and finish it. But that game is paced like so slowly. Yeah. We're like there, there are times where I can play that game for hours, like during the day. And then there are other times where it's like I get I can do 20 minutes and that's it. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think I would have really liked it if I had played it like in middle school, like when it came out. Mm-hmm. I think I would have had a lot of fun, um, but I just didn't have it. So I didn't. I didn't play it. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have it either, but. And I think I, I think I had mentioned this before, but I had borrowed my friend's Xbox and with it, he also let me borrow some games. I I know for sure that he had KOTOR 2, mm-hmm. and I played that all the way through. And I think maybe I played 1. I don't remember a lot of playing 1, but when I was playing it this last week, there's a part on Tatooine where you need to go to um, a, uh, a sand people enclave. Mm-hmm. And that was very familiar to me. And I don't know if that's because that same area is also in KOTOR 2. 
or if maybe I also did play all the way through one and I just don't remember. But I do. I really like that. I still really like that game. That game also introduced me to like Western style RPGs. I don't know mm. if that's like I don't I, I don't know for 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 clarity's sake, I'll, I'll refer to them as Western RPGs. Because up until that point, I had only really played like Final Fantasies and like JR, like Japanese RPGs where mm-hmm. everything is is more turn based. Like the, the story structure is different. The gameplay mechanics are different. And it, this this along with Morrowind, which I also borrowed um, from that same friend, really introduced me to playing just like a different kind of role playing game, hmm. um, which I don't know. I think it was because I had played those types of games like later to this day. I still prefer JRPGs over games like Skyrim. Interesting. Like the I don't know, just like the 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 design philosophies behind them on top of like the mechanics and, and how you interact with the world and how the story is told with a lot of those types of games to me is a little too open ended where I can't keep focused just because like there's so many side things to do and there's so many like it, it it really is much more of like a role playing game than like a JRPG is where it's like there are set characters and there's set like a set main character who has a name and you play like through their story where in Western RPGs, I'd say that you it's you're you're you're, you're more role playing because you are the character. Like right. the character you make is for all intents and purposes, you it, it's the player insert. But I don't know. There, there's just like something way too open ended about that for me where I for a lot, a lot of the times I just cannot stay focused and just like continue through the end. But Kotor 2 apparently was an exception. I remember really liking that. Yeah. Maybe it's just focused enough. Like it, it just guides you enough to where. Yeah. I don't know. There is some there was also like I don't know what it was about it because like like I had mentioned earlier. Not a fan of reading. That game has a lot of reading. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, even though a lot of it is voice acted, a lot of it, you still just need to read. And like, even now I'm just like playing through it. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, I don't want to I don't want to read. I don't want to read all this. And what really gets to me is that in KOTOR 1, your character just happens to know a ton of languages. Mm hmm. But everyone, everyone that speaks any language that isn't basic, you just get the subtitles for. <laughs> I, I, to me, so it's, it's just like, really frustrating. It's just like, no, but you understand it. Just speak, speak basic. So I don't have to keep reading this because like, what if it's really important? But I get distracted hearing like hearing like a Twi'lek speak in Twi'lek and I'm having to like also read the subtitles while hearing. I don't know. It's just like a dubbed anime. It is, but the thing is... Or a non-dubbed that, anime. Subbed. Subbed anime. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, though, that, that is a very fair comparison, but unlike Twi'lek, I can understand some Japanese, so it's a lot easier for me to follow along. Okay, so you're saying that if you were part Twi'lek instead of part Japanese... Yeah, if I if I could speak Twi'lek and Hutties and uh, those are the only Gungan. two languages I can... go. There are no Gungans in Kotor. Oh, I didn't know we were limiting it to, <laughs> to Kotor. If what the, if there was a Gungan? God. Just the one? <laughs> yeah. Jar Jar's first appearance. I mean, is it established how long they live? What if he's thousands of years old? That'd be pretty bomb bad. 
<laughs> Bomb badass, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, the KOTOR games were really popular. Um, the first one, especially, I think, really like was a standout for them um, at Lucasfilm. Not Lucasfilm, LucasArts, excuse me. It doesn't help me that they changed their names multiple times. Um, there was a lot of Rogue Squadron games that were planned um, and also canceled. Um, so that would be games similar to like the Ro or the Rebel Assault, Rebel mm. Assault 2. Um, have you like, played a Rogue Squadron game? No, I have not. And I, I actually don't know. I think I might have misspoke earlier. There was a lot of games like Star like Star Wars, like TIE Fighter and stuff like that, where you flew around in a spaceship. But I don't know if there was actually a game called Rogue Squadron. There was. Uh, there was, was there? There's three of them. Oh, oh, good. In fact, maybe I'm thinking of later games. Then. Yeah, because I've never played Rogue Squadron, but I did play like a demo version of Rogue Squadron that came with like a bonus disc or that, mm-hmm. that was on a bonus disc that came with Mario Kart Double Dash. Oh. And it was just like it was just like a it was, it was a demo disc that you would find at like the store where like here's a bunch of like trailers you can watch and here's you can like play one level of Kirby's Air Ride and you can play all these other games. And one of them was you could play uh, the Hoth scene uh, from Rogue Squadron three, I think. Oh, OK. Yeah. No, so I you, never played that. Yeah. So you're, you're like in a, you're in a snow speeder, I think. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. You're on a snow speeder and then you fly around an AT-AT and then you wrap it, wrap your cable around it, make it fall. And yeah. And then it's like another part where I think you're always playing. I think you're playing as Luke. You've got to be playing as Luke in this in this demo. I remember there's one part where Luke would get out of the snow speeder and he would have to be on foot. Mm-hmm. And or I think I don't know. Someone had someone like stopped an AT-AT or maybe it just wasn't moving or something like that. But I remember that you would have to like run under the AT-AT and Luke would like shoot a cable up to like the underbelly, pull himself up and he would take out his lightsaber and like hit a panel or something and then just like mess with some mechanics and then yeah, repel back down in there. Right. Oh, maybe he throws a grenade. I don't because, remember. Well, that's what happens in the movie. Yeah, he probably does that. Yeah. Uh, and then repels back down or whatever. It's like this is like a really fun. I remember like wanting to like play the full game because like this demo like really sold me and was what was that for was that for the computer uh it was for gamecube oh okay yeah i i never had a gamecube um so i see where i i made my mistake i got i scrolled down too far in my notes um so after they began development on things like battlefront um in 2004 jim a man named jim ward became the new president of LucasArts. And so he was in charge of restructuring the company because um, they were becoming dwarfed by Halo because uh, apparently LucasArts made only $100 million um, during this time period. I'm not sure if that's like a year or um, just like a few years, but apparently Halo made like much, much more than that. Oh, yeah. No, Halo. I mean... Now, Halo is still super popular. Yeah, it's huge, super popular, but it dwarfed um, how much money um, Star Wars had made. So they put him in charge of restructuring the company and get it back on track. And so there had been many more Rogue Squadron games um, planned, and he canceled all of them multiple times. And so 
right after this was when Battlefront was released along with another game called Republic Commando and the video game version of Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. So it Battlefront is a shooter game. So it was like one of the first like really like first person shooter games that Star Wars did for like Xbox and PlayStation 2 and for um, the computer. Is that a thing people say or should I be saying Windows? Uh, PC is usually PC. the 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 term okay for any game on a computer well so it was made for pc and xbox and um playstation 2 and so the goal of this game was you know you could have different classes that you could play as and you could play as the rebels or you could play as the empire you could play as the cis or the battle droids and uh the republic do you know what cis stands for uh confederacy of independent systems oh Mm-hmm. interesting i never knew that yeah um so that game like really was like super popular like everybody loved it i know i had that game like when it came out and um it really i think helped relaunch like the star wars video game franchise and really make it a lot more popular i think for people who didn't necessarily like the movies or really care about the storyline it was so popular that they did another one four years later, Battlefront 2, uh, which honestly, in my opinion, that's probably like my favorite Star Wars game of all time. I think it's a lot of people's favorite Star Wars game. Yeah. That's definitely the one that I have played the most. I remember um, like that, that same friend whose Xbox I borrowed just like spending the night at his house and myself and him and like a couple of other friends would just like stay up all night like playing Battlefront. Like that was oh yeah so much fun. Get some Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew, pitch black. Well, that was no, that would have been about the same time yeah. as like I was more of a Code Red kind of guy. Ooh, this was uh, not a lot of people remember pitch black, but I loved Mountain Dew pitch black. I think I saw pitch black in the store. I don't think I ever. Yeah, that was around the time that Halo Three came out. So what we would do is we would like spend half the day playing Halo 3 and then half the day playing Battlefront 2. Damn, that sounds like a great day. Yeah, that's uh, that's school. that's what I remember like summers being like. We would just all go to someone's house, play a bunch of Battlefront and drink a ton of Mountain Dew and eat a bunch of pizza rolls. That sounds great. Great time. I, to I would do that now, although I probably wouldn't drink much Mountain Dew. I haven't had Mountain Dew in so long. Me neither. I haven't had. Well, that's not true. I had a Sprite yesterday. I was going to say I haven't had soda in a long time. Have you um, have you played this Battlefront, like the Battlefront 2 Classic? Have you played it recently? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have oh. it on my Xbox right now. Oh, really? Yeah. And Whoa. before that, I had borrowed it from a friend and was playing it on PlayStation. Wow. Yeah. And I, I will say it holds up. They've actually done some modifications to it. If you buy it on the Xbox online store now, they've added some new heroes and Ooh. villains, which you can play as. It's interesting that you mention that because Battlefront 2 for PC has a huge modding scene. Really? Yep. So there's like, I don't remember specifically what things they've added. The one thing that I know for sure is like a graphics update and like all the textures are improved. So like the game just looks a lot better. Performance, I think there's like performance improvements. I think they've added planets and they've added like a whole bunch of stuff. So at least for like Battlefront 2 Classic, that modding scene on PC is is very active. I think that they they must have taken some of that and put it towards the Xbox version that I have now. 
which I bought on the Microsoft store because they they took two of the planets that used to be on Battlefront 1 but were not featured in Battlefront 2. They took Bespin and Renvar and they added it to Battlefront 2, which is really cool. Um, and then they also added Kit Fisto as a playable Jedi. Yeah. And then they also added Asajj Ventress as um, a Sith to play as. Uh, oh, that name is familiar. She's in the Clone Wars a lot. She's bald white lady. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is a bummer, though, about those two is that they did not add them both into the hero villains battle in mm. Battlefront 2. Do you remember that where you, you yep. got Moss Eisley assault? Yeah, be all the heroes versus all the villains. That's like I feel like that was a majority of the time what we'd play as like when you had a bunch of friends over, you would all just take turns. Yep. Playing as heroes. You could jump like 15 times if you were Yoda. Yeah. And Boba Fett could go like up so high on his Mm -hmm. jetpack. I I don't I've never liked playing the non Jedi like heroes. Mm. I never thought that they were that fun to play as because they never felt any stronger than normal infantry. Like, yeah, playing as Han, I never thought like, yeah, I'm I'm like tearing ass through these like troops. Never felt that way. I I think that there were some characters who I definitely thought I could play as really well, like some of the heroes that were non Jedi, like Boba Fett and Han Solo, I think were probably my best two non Jedi um, heroes to play in that. Honestly, Boba Fett, I got really good at because he basically just had the enhanced blaster rifle and a jetpack, the enhanced blaster rifle being the like the award rifle you get yeah when you do that mobility is good go get enough in the game yeah so i i did really well with boba fett and then han solo had like the really good pistol so i felt like that was pretty pretty helpful but really like yeah the the block that you can do with the jedi and then yeah just the jumping yeah you got force powers you got it really is lightsaber i don't know it just all felt so much you just felt more powerful playing as a Jedi or like a Sith than you do just like a person with a gun. Yeah. That is in the movie. Yeah. I don't know. Did you, uh, did you ever play Galactic Conquest? That was my favorite mode. Uh, yes. Yeah. Loved I loved Galactic. I was Conquest. just doing Galactic Conquest the other day. Wow. Yeah. It's a shame that they didn't put Galactic Conquest in like the new battlefronts. I know I was looking through there because I, I got the second one recently and there's there's you can do like missions and you can do like little like snippets from like the movies and stuff like that. Kind of like you could in the old ones. Yeah. Like behind not behind the scenes necessarily, but like scenes that are referred to in the movie. They let you play some of those. Yeah. Like but. the new Battlefront 2 has a mode. It's Galactic Assault, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's like a tug of war kind of deal or like you there's like objectives when you meet that objective you like go to the opposing factions ship and then on that ship you have a bunch of objectives and you need to clear those to to win mm-hmm. but if you fail you just move back and then it can go back and forth like that whole kind of deal that's okay but there's just something about like i don't know taking over planets and like getting bonuses and getting power-ups for yeah you get paid to do that yeah shit. Galactic Conquest was just so much like that's what that's what we would play more than like like heroes versus villains. We would play just hours of Galactic Conquest. Mm, sure. Super fun mode. I, I remember I had a friend who we would play Galactic Conquest against each other and we we wouldn't ever be playing like for like the whole day. We'd be playing for like a couple hours here and there, like when I was over at his house. And the annoying thing about Battlefront 2 was when you loaded up a Galactic Conquest 
you rechose the sides that you were on, like it would say like player one, are you going to be the Republic or are you going to be the CIS? And what he would do is he would set it up while I was like going to the bathroom or something and make him playing as the team that I had been playing on before the winning team. (laughs) Oh my God. So I'd get him down to like two planets and then we'd have to stop. And then the next day he would just switch us and he would be playing as the Republic. Oh my God. What? It was like that annoying shit where I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, nope, I'm going to play as them now. And it was like annoying. But also I was like, fine, I'm going to kick your ass anyway. Did you? And I would. Yeah. That was the only video game where I was that good at it. But serves him right. Yeah. Like came back from the brink of destruction. Yeah. Serves him right. But yeah. So Battlefront 1 and 2, both super good games. Um, Also around this time in 2005, we had Lego Star Wars released. Uh, which was probably my second favorite Star Wars game, I think. Did I, you ever play Lego Star Wars? No, and I I don't understand the appeal of the Lego games. I agree, except for Lego Star Wars. I I, I just don't I, I I don't get it. I don't get why people like them. I don't know what is so unique about the Lego games other than like, oh look, it's like it they're they're Legos now. Well, so this was like the first lego not first lego video game but the first like lego video game about a franchise i believe so what was interesting about it was it was almost like you were watching little lego people like put on a play of star wars Mm. and there was no they don't talk in this one they talk now i guess i don't know i haven't played any lego video games in a very long time but in this one the first one they only did the prequels so they do episode one two and three um and then they basically do like little vignettes for as far as the story goes. And it's just like really goofy and they don't talk at all. They all like mime out everything. Sometimes they grunt and go like, Hmm, or something like that. But it's just like really silly. And anybody who's playing it probably knows the storyline of star Wars. So they are like, Oh yeah, that is kind of funny. And, um, there was just like so many playable characters that you could unlock. And then they each had like kind of different special abilities. It was probably like the only game I've ever played where I unlocked every character. I do remember seeing, cause I think my friends had it or something. I do remember seeing the character roster and there was like 40 characters or something that like, yeah, you can play as, which is crazy. Yeah. And so like, I don't really understand it with like something like Indiana Jones or Batman, because then you, you max out probably at like eight, characters but yeah with star wars like you could be obi-wan you could be qui-gon you could be jar jar you could be padme you could be r2d2 you could be a gonk droid you could be c-3po you could be general grievous you could be darth sidious just like so many major and minor characters and just like it was really fun because it was really realistic for kids to be able to like unlock them i feel like you didn't have to put in a ton of hours um like getting credits or getting money in it to like really like flesh out the game and like really stack up your character roster like where you might have if it was like a a different kind of game yeah like the new battlefront before they changed everything exactly they want to give those children a sense of satisfaction Mm -hmm. and so they unlock their favorite character yeah and it, it is a game that is really easy to complete like little not quests, but like just little objectives. Mm. And then it's like really satisfying when you get that, like you might buy a character or you might find all of the credits in a level, or you might, there was these little like mini capsules where you could find, I think there was like 10 in each level. 
And if you found all 10, you got a special spaceship that it like constructed. So there was just like tons of stuff to do in the game. And it was all very satisfying. Oh. And the game itself was just like fun to play. It was it's like a combination side scroller first person. Yeah, I I think re- like a couple of weeks ago, there was a a new trailer for um for a new like Lego Star Wars game that's coming out because mm-hmm. they they have had and it's like all the movies it's yeah. like all nine of them now it's like a Skywalker in one, saga one game yeah because originally they had the first Lego Star Wars then they had Lego Star Wars two the original trilogy and then they had like a Clone Wars one and then they did a whole Force Awakens one I'm not sure if they did one for the Last Jedi maybe they just decided to wait and then they just put them all in the Skywalker Probably. saga. But I know weirdly they did have just a Lego Star Wars The Last Jedi on its own instead of giving it its own sequel trilogy. Because I when I saw that trailer, I thought that game had already been I thought the game had already been released, like with all nine movies. Mm-hmm. And I was really surprised to see like, oh, I guess here's just another Lego Star Wars game. But I do remember thinking that like the game looked really good. Like, oh, like Yeah, I'm sure they like sharpened it all up mm-hmm. and everything. Because the the original one came out in 2005. So yeah, still probably has those graphics. Honestly, there, yeah, there are parts of it that are still really fun. And there's like a lot of ship battles, like a lot of space Ooh. battles you could do in Lego Star Wars. That wow. was fun. Yeah. Cool. Uh, in 2008-ish, there was a pre-production of Battlefront 3 um, through the company Free Radical. But apparently LucasArts had a falling out with that company. So Battlefront 3 never happened. Never came out. And then Battlefront just in general didn't happen until like... 2016 yeah well so there were um around the same time period too there were some like real-time strategy games like galactic battlegrounds which i had growing up um and empire at war which was basically like age of empires um but star wars i remember really wanting to get empire at war because that was around the time that like i was playing a lot of battlefront 2 and I like start this. This is around the time that I started really getting into Star Wars, and this is probably the most I've ever been into Star Wars. And I, I can, I can quantify that in a way, or I, I can quantify that because I would just spend time on Wikipedia, mm. just, oh, yeah. just reading. Me That's too. it. Yeah, I remember that was. I remember like sitting at my parents' computer on Wikipedia, finally learning what um, BBY meant, and like, like what, what is this? And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Now, what's Battle of Yavin? And just like just kept reading everything on that website. Mm-hmm. So that was the, this was like the most I've ever been been into it. And that was a time when I was like, oh, new Star Wars game coming out. I, I got to get it, but got to get it. Had a shitty PC. So, oh, yeah, couldn't play it. I There are multiple games that I tried to buy for PC growing up because for a long time, I didn't have a console or a good enough PC to play games. So I bought things like there was a couple Star Wars games that I bought and tried to play in my computer. And then I bought like Lord of the Rings Return of the King on PC. And I would always try to install it on my parents' computer and it wouldn't work because my parents had a garbage computer. And so their solution, um, which now that I think about it is like a terrible idea, um, was to take it to my grandma's house because her computer worked better. Oh, but also so my parents is computer had like windows 2000 and this is like 2005 so there's been updates to windows that aren't windows 2000 anymore there's like windows xp which is like the you know that's like what you want 
my grandma had Windows 98. So I don't, she had better hardware, but an older operating system. I don't think that's what I understood it to be as a kid. And huh. now as an adult, I'm like, no, that's just she just had an older operating system. That was the <laughs> only difference. And so it would never work at her house either. And so I would always just <laughs> oh, okay. waste money on these video games and they would never work. That's a shame. And luckily I would take them back to Walmart with my dad and usually they would return it fine, but sometimes they would give a scuff and he would, he would, uh, argue for me <laughs> and be like, well, it didn't work on our computer, which totally our fault. Like we, it says on the thing, like for this operating system, not yep. for this one, totally our bad. But those Walmart people were generally pretty nice and gave us our money back. That's good. Yeah. So did you ever play Empire at War or did you? I think that same friend eventually got it. And I remember mm. watching him play it and then realizing like, oh, I don't like this kind of game. Yeah. And then that was it. I never thought about it again. <laughs> I had Galactic Battlegrounds. And so I've never played Empire at War, but I imagine they're very similar. Probably um, just like an RTS kind of game, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so in it, like you have to harvest like resources to be able to like build things and stuff. And my older brother taught me a cheat Ooh. that you could use to get basically unlimited resources. Um, in Age of Empires, I think you have to type in like specific like phrases like um, for each resource that you want to get. But in Star Wars, it's much easier. You just put in the word force and then the resource, whatever you want. You just type that into the little chat box. Oh, yep. And so... If you just hit enter, the chat box would come up like immediately and you could type in whatever you want. So what I would do is I would hit enter, type in force or, and then you copy and paste it, control C, and then hit enter. You get a thousand of it. You hit enter again, control V. Wow. So I would do that. Like, it defaults to a thousand. Is that is a thousand a lot? Yeah, uh, it's it's up there. It's okay. like it would take you probably like a few minutes in the game to mine that much. OK, so you just. What I do is I just sit there, control V, enter control V, <laughs> do that with all of the resources until I've got at least like 30,000 of each. Oh my God. So, wow. And then I just would build a bunch of, you know, like troops and go wipe out the enemy. And for <laughs> a long time, I was convinced I was really good at this game because I was just cheating out the ass. <laughs> so after this, um, after 2008, there was some rumors of different Star Wars games that were going to come out. There was one called Star Wars 1313, which was supposedly going to use the Unreal Engine 3, which is a video game engine used <laughs> to build video games. I, full disclosure, did not know what that was and still don't really, but Josh told me. Yeah, isn't 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 Fallen Order essentially what 1313 was going to be? It could be. I feel like I remember reading that, that yeah. like Fallen Order was like, this is after passing hands between developers this is eventually what became of 1313 i don't know if that's true mm. and if people were just speculating that like fallen order is actually the the like what is left of 13 i don't know if that's true or not but i think i think maybe there were like some articles that were like here are like the similarities between what we knew about 1313 and what's in fallen order i don't know sure. but i i think there may be some connection between the two i'll that's probably something for further read for further reading, but yeah. Uh, well, on a similar note, so there was supposed to be a Boba Fett video game. I've heard about the Boba Fett game that people were pretty excited for, and it was going to take place like in the like lower depths of Coruscant, like the seedy underbelly of the Republic. Ooh, uh, well, it wouldn't have been the Republic at that time, but anyway, um, 
I have heard a theory on Reddit, <clears throat> everybody's favorite and least favorite website. That's true. I doubt it's anybody's favorite website. I hope it's not. God, what a shit. Not anymore. Maybe back in the day. It was my favorite website back in the day. Yeah, there was there was a time when, boy, my voice all of a sudden just got <laughs> real raspy. <clears throat> I've been talking a lot this episode. But what was I talking about? Reddit? Okay, so on Reddit, <laughs> they I read some comments where people hypothesized that uh, they took, when they were making The Mandalorian, it seems like they might have taken scenes from the video game, the Boba Fett video game, and just kind of rewrote it a little bit to make it a live action series instead mm. because a lot of the stuff does seem to happen almost as if it was a video game there's like logical like levels and there's kind of like an intro sequence and stuff and then you have to go do this task then there's like an objective that you meet and it, it does feel almost very video gamey at least the first few episodes depending in, in my opinion i and i i don't know anything about the the boba fett game other than like it was supposed it could have been a thing mm -hmm. but depending on how the boba fett game was made they eat like if, if it was made in unreal they use they could have pretty easily repurposed any assets or like environments that they built because the mandalorian a lot of the mandalorian was filmed using unreal mm -hmm. um so it's really it's like super cool technology so this is kind of a tangent that has nothing to do with games, but just like is fun, like information just in general. But like how how old movies, like if if someone was in a car driving and, you know, you wouldn't have someone actually driving what they would do because they couldn't green screen anything back then. They would just do like a rear projection mm -hmm. where they would just have footage of someone driving or just like like the view out of the window and they would just project that onto a screen behind the car so it looks like they're moving. A lot of the scenes in The Mandalorian are essentially the same thing, but instead with a giant LED panel. And oh. so what they'll do is on the like on a computer and in Unreal, they'll create an environment like that. I don't I don't remember the name of the planet, but that one and uh, that one deserty place where that one small guy that says I have spoken or whatever I don't remember. <laughs> I want to hear you recap the Mandalorian <laughs> just in general. Uh, I don't remember the name of that planet either. But if I was in middle school, I would be able to tell you everything about it. But that planet, like they filmed in like they had they had the guy who was what's what's the guy that plays the Mandalorian? Uh, oh, boy, I just call him Mando. Yeah, they had so they had that guy in a room in front of a giant LED panel. And that mm. panel was projecting this environment that they built in Unreal and the camera that they're using is a virtual camera and it is synced up like the position of the camera is synced up with the environment in Unreal mm -hmm. so that when when they move the camera, it also tracks what is behind the actor. Oh, so they're they're filming both like this this LED background that is synced up perfectly with this camera so that they film an actor and they can film this entire desert scene in the middle of a studio and have it look like perfectly flawless. Wow. That's amazing. It's such, that's like, like Star Trek holodeck shit. It, it is because the thing that's also really cool about it is that you also get like accurate reflections on like his armor and his helmet. You get like the correct kind of lighting. Everything can be done like with this cool, like virtual camera. And I just think that's like, I, I, I for like, felt like, I don't know. I know nothing about filmmaking, but 
to me, that's just super cool that you can take this video game engine and like take an environment, pair it with a camera and with a real camera film, a real person in a virtual like environment. Yeah, that is that's why so cool. Yeah, that's like the thing that I feel like we're it's like truly amazing today and it is truly amazing. But like in like 30 years, like some fucking like eight year old will be like talking about how cool that was. And they'll be like, yeah, I do that all the time with my friends. Like, that's how we make our movies. And it'll be like the equivalent of how like everybody has a computer in their pocket today. But like back in the 70s, it yeah. took up a whole room. Eight year olds are making these like VR movies with their brain chips. Yeah. And we're like, no, don't put the brain chip in us. And they're like, okay, old people. Whatever. <laughs> All right, Zoomer. Um, speaking of me being an old grouchy person. Um, so recently around the same time, this is probably like 2012-ish, um, Disney acquired Star Wars. And there was definitely a lapse in Star Wars video games here, including but not limited to some mobile games that Disney started to release for Star Wars. Um, so they produced some quality gems like Angry Birds Star Wars and Angry Birds Star Wars 2 and Tiny Death Star, just like a tower defense kind of game. And I truly did not know about this until, you know, whenever I researched this. And that is a huge bummer to me. <laughs> <laughs> For a while, those were the the video games being released for Star Wars because that shit sucks. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I no, I'm not knocking mobile games necessarily, but just like what a just a bummer that like you have games like Battlefront, Battlefront Two, and then Angry Birds, Star Wars. Just yeah, and I, I think I, I definitely remember like just like being like like just like sub subconsciously being aware that like huh, there haven't been like any notable Star Wars games that have been coming out. And and it feels like this is definitely like during that time where it's like there's rumors of a new Star Wars game, like something something big's gonna come out, guys. Like we're we're gonna get that big Star Wars game, and then it just never happened because of I don't know, I guess acquisitions and because whoever's in charge of you know putting the license into the hands of people that want to or can make good games, they just don't do it or don't let them have the freedom to make those things, I guess. Mm-hmm. The combination of, of the two, I suppose, is probably what led to this kind of drought. But yeah, I do remember just thinking like, I haven't played a fun Star Wars game since like Force Unleashed. Oh, Did you play that one? Uh, yeah, I well, my younger brother had Force Unleashed and I Force <laughs> Force Unleashed. Um, and honestly, like, I think I might have been I don't know if I was at the height of my nerdiness or maybe it was just after. I think I had just recently thought I was too cool for Star Wars. So I like wasn't going to play it and I would watch him play it occasionally. And I remember being kind of mad that Darth Vader all of a sudden had an apprentice who could literally bring down a Star Destroyer from the sky. He's Star Killer. I know, but it's like, I guess people complain about the same things like with Rey doing stuff like that. But at least she's in like the movies. He's just like, you think that somebody would have mentioned this crazy powerful that's a good force user <laughs> that's a good point yeah at some point like when they're like fi- about to both the deaths are like hey what about that one guy who can pull star destroyers out of the sky with his yeah, what, mind what's his name uh star star maker star. <laughs> yeah like that's a pretty big deal you think people would have heard about that i don't know 
I don't know the storyline of those, so maybe he dies unknown to anybody else. That could be. Uh, I don't remember because I know they made a second one, and I think you still play as the same guy. Yeah, but like I don't. I, I all I remember is that I got really excited about this game. I pre-ordered it. Oh, and I got the pre-order bonus, which was a wall decal of Starkiller, and a, which was half of it. That was like the top half, and the bottom half of the wall decal was just Star Wars Force Unleashed, giant text. <laughs> um, but I just I, I got I got this game for Wii, and I remember being so excited for it and being slightly underwhelmed when actually playing it mm-hmm. because the motion controls were not that good. And oh yeah, you probably wanted to use your Wii Wii mote as a lightsaber. Yep, that's what you had to do was like wiggle your wiggle your <laughs> Wii mote. <laughs> probably very your lightsaber with it realistic um because it was on top of that like the graphics were just so much worse than they were on like i remember seeing images of the same game on ps3 and thinking like oh oh that's what this game is supposed to look like <laughs> but i do remember just really liking that game because you could like customize your guy you could like get different armor and i think you get different lightsabers and i was like this is so cool Mm-hmm. But I remember that because I was like, what, 2008 ish, somewhere around there, 2008, 2009. I think so. Honestly, I was very surprised about myself uh, in this research. I apparently just assume everything happened in 2008. Like whenever I'm looking things up, I, I imagine like, oh, this is probably 2008. And it'll be like 2002, 2004, something like that. I don't know why that's such like a pivotal year in my brain, but that's what I think of. I think about 2007, 2008 a lot. I don't know, just because when I, that's when I like. Probably played the most video games. So I, I, I get that. But yeah, I do remember that Force Unleashed was the last time I thought like this is this is a fun Star Wars game. And then not thinking about any Star Wars games until the new Battlefront comes out. Right. So those are, came out. Yeah. Have been released through EA because they have a, an exclusive licensing deal, I guess, with Star Wars video. They games. sure do. Which, which is a little unfortunate. Yeah. Um, and I... Yeah, so I guess that's kind of where the nostalgia ends, really. Um, yeah, for, for me anyway. But I, I've played those games, and I will say that the they're pre- they're pretty fun. Like they are fun. They they are fun. The new ones. Um, but the for me, just specifically, this is the only time I'll probably ever be able to talk about this. Really, <laughs> <laughs> the the ship controls when you're flying in space battles in the new Battlefront Two, they're totally different than they were in. The original Battlefront 2. They are. They're I, a lot more realistic, I think. I, I don't know why they like that. needed to make it more realistic because I, I feel like I was a pretty good pilot in the first Battlefront I 2. was a good pilot too. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Take a Y-Wing in those space battles and then just bomb the hell out of whatever your, like, the targets were on, like, the, the yeah, bigger ship. On the Star Destroyer? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was... I was, it was awesome. I was an ace pilot. Me too, dude. And now... I am... I will not go anywhere near any vehicle i know it's impossible and like you can do hero battles of that which is how i got to fly i was like yes i can fly the millennium falcon or like luke's x-wing and i fucking crashed those things in like (laughs) 10 seconds and it it made me feel really bad and i just want some i want to be good at video games again but i don't want to put in any effort and that's uh that's it oh snap judgment forgot to do the segment but it was about angry birds star wars wait do you have a snap judgment yeah, they're bad. <laughs> oh, okay. Here, maybe we could cut out what I already said about them. Uh, yeah. Or uh, I could just make. I'll I'll just like edit in where wherever it probably fits. So 
have some clean audio and then make a snap judgment. And Josh, I got to tell you, I've got my snap judgment. Oh, here it is. Snap, of the week. Snap judgment of the week. I think that the Angry Birds Star Wars games, they're bad. I've never played them, but they look shitty and I don't want to play them. <laughs> and I probably never will. And I don't think anyone's going to blame you for that. Nope. That is my snap judgment. There it is, folks. Snap judgment of the week. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a nice little trip through uh, Star Wars video games. Yep. Spent a lot of time playing them. Me too. Should have spent more time researching them. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about what you remember, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, that is that that's that's more of I think that's a more important part of the show is just remembering what what you remember about mm-hmm. about the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so eloquently put it. I mean, <laughs> I will say in my defense, the only bigger mess than my description of uh, LucasArts through the years is probably the story of Lucasfilm in general, because I've done I've done some reading about just like the whole like making of the Star Wars movies and the expanded universe and stuff. And boy, it's a big clusterfuck most of the time. And it's a miracle. Any of it happened and <laughs> any of it happened well. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I would agree. Yep. Paul, you got any final thoughts on Star Wars video games? Uh, I would like to say that Battlefront 2 holds up. Classic. Excellent game. Classic. Classic Battlefront 2. Uh, I loved playing Rebel Assault 2 with a joystick as a kid. That's like probably the closest I've ever felt to being an actual like X-Wing pilot was like sitting in our little computer room, which sounds fancy, but it was literally a like three by four room that we also used as a pantry. Um, <laughs> I was sitting there cause that's where our computer was and I would have my joystick and I would be flying around an X wing. And that was a really, really great feeling uh, that I have not found since in any video game and galactic battlegrounds. I played that game for hours and it was really fun. Wow. Not any exciting thoughts, just that I think there's a lot of really good star Wars video games and hopefully there'll be more. Mm hmm. Well, I suppose that's uh that's our episode on on Star Wars video games. Yeah. If you have anything you want to say about Star Wars video games, please email us at nostalgia system podcast at gmail.com. Or send us a tweet at nostalgia system. Share your memories with us. Ugh. Let us know what games you played. I'm so glad I remember that email. I you got went, it. <laughs> I went into it totally shooting in the dark. You got it. I need to keep my notes open because it's in there. It, it is in there at the bottom at the bottom of every doc already <laughs> on top of uh, sharing us your thoughts. We'd also appreciate it if you could leave a review of our podcast on uh, your platform. If it allows, leave it on uh, iTunes, leave it on Stitcher. Those are the only ones I know where you can leave a review, but we'd appreciate it uh, if you could let us know you like the show. Uh, and if you don't like the show, take a fucking hike, idiot. <laughs> Yeah, what he said. Yeah. Uh, additionally, we'd also love it if you would tell your friends about us. That, I think, is one of the most important things. If you like the show. Spread the word. Spread turd. the word. Share it on your Instagram stories. Share it on your Facebook stories. Share it on your YouTube stories. Tell Share your it mom. On tell your... your grandpa. Tell your grandma. Tell your uncle. Tell your auntie. Tell your cousin. Tell your second cousin. Tell your cat. Tell your dog. Tell your bird. Tell that regular at work. Yeah. They'd love to hear it. Play it at work. Yeah. <laughs> play this show at work. Yeah, play this fucking shit at work already. You just gotta. You fucking better. 
Uh, finally, uh, additional support for this show can be given at Patreon at patreon.com slash Nostalgia Entertainment System. Uh, we have a very modest goal of $40 per month to help pay for hosting and for website stuff. Uh, if we could get to that point, the show becomes self-sustainable and we'd really appreciate that. But of course, Patreon support is optional, but we would really appreciate it. Thank you to Moonraker Music for composing our theme song, Scan Lines. You can find them over on Twitter and probably other places now, too, at Moonraker Music. That's Moonraker, R-A-Y-K-E-R. Paul, you got anything to plug? No, nope. uh, I think I have actually logged on to Twitter since I last plugged it. Uh, I didn't tweet anything, but feel free to follow me there at Krang's Dumb Body, K-R-A-N-G-S-D-U-M-B-B-O-D-Y, because I gotta... <laughs> <laughs> oh boy you, you can find me uh on instagram and and patreon and twitch and other places uh oh at, i have a twitch do you actually the way does it count if i just have the account i shouldn't have interrupted you <laughs> sorry i mean if, if you stream from it then yeah I guess i've never streamed twitch. from oh, it okay i've watched people stream Ooh. is that account yeah, I guess you could you could follow. They could still follow you. Okay. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Patreon and Twitch uh, at Daruma Party. That's D-A-R-U-M-A Party. Why? <laughs> Finish it out, Paul. Because you gotta. Yeah. I was waiting for you. To, I always wait for you to spell party. And you I'm never, never going. I'm never gonna. It's just never going to work. Uh, except for the one time I do. You got to watch out. Yeah. <laughs> That's it on our episode on Star Wars video games. Paul, what are we talking about next week? Next week? Uh, I don't know, Josh. I don't have a good segue into it, but uh, we're talking about bands we used to listen to in middle school and in maybe early high school. That's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.